Good to see you all among the living. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Talon Mix. It's a Smallville recap podcast that we would say we posit to you is even better if you've never seen an episode of Smallville. Hello, I'm Brian. I'm here as always with Zach. Zach, how are you? Um, fantastic, Brian. How are you? I'm great. I uh, I'm leaving tomorrow for uh, Maine, the great state of Maine, uh, which is going to be I I think it's like a five hour ish drive. Uh, but uh, don't hit Stephen King with your van. Don't tell me what to do, Zach. That's how I get into. <laughs> So, you're right. My bad. That's uh, that's you do. You know, you make the decision. That's how I get my way into the dark tower. Finally, which, as you know, and as the listeners know, is my only goal. I just want to be included somewhere in the Stephen King cosmology. Uh, I can be the next Pennywise. So, are, is are every single one of his books connected, or is it just like most of them? I don't know. I think. I think it's kind of just it it broadly kind of connects when he wants it to of like I think it's yeah. just mm-hmm. like this will be fun. Um I know So if you sorry. Brian Miller got written into any random book he wrote would you consider that a success that you're in the dark tower world? Um yeah, I'll or be honest. There be... have to be an There would have to be an explicit connection somewhere in that book at least to another book that had a connection to the Dark Mm, Tower. Great point. You'd have to at least be able to draw a line. Yeah, I'll I'll say this. I'll uh, you know, it's not an on-off switch. I'll take what I can get. Don't get me wrong. Stephen King wants to write me into a book. That'd be great. Specifically, as the guy who struck him with a van a second time. Um, but obviously the more connection I get, the better, uh, even better if I'm, I'm, I'm Roland's brother, his cooler, handsomer brother, who's even, who's the, and I'm the even better gunslinger looking for the even darker tower. It's my fan fiction. My fan. I just want my fan fiction to be accepted by Stephen King. I said, I've never, I've never read a dark tower book. Oh, okay. I was gonna ask you that because I haven't. E- I I started the first one years ago, and I was like, "Nah, eh, not for me." But I think I did the same. Yeah. Um, this is fucked up, but it's okay. We have we have nothing to talk about, so we're just gonna get into it. If you hit someone with your van, and then you find out it was Stephen King, <laughs> do you do you feel worse? Do you were like, "Oh, if it was just some yeah. random person, I wouldn't have." <laughs> It's, I'll say this, here's the thing about if you hit Stephen King with your van. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was specifically mad, Stephen King was specifically mad, it was like a hit and run, right? Uh, is that is that correct? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember. I don't know. Talking out our butts and I refuse, I refuse to Google it. Um, well, they definitely know who the guy is now. Right, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, um... So the thing is, when it's Stephen King, as opposed to just some guy, you can't, like, forget about it. Stephen King's going to stay relevant until he dies, you know? So, like, it's going to come up every now and again, and every single time you're going to think, oh, fuck, I did hit that guy with my fucking car. Shit, fuck. Yes, totally. 
and you can't let's even if he did die, let's say you hit him with a car and he died yeah. from from getting hit by of the course. car. Cause I because I won't miss. Like <laughs> and it, <laughs> but let's say you get away with it. No one knows it's you. Yeah. Uh with it being Stephen King, you gotta be at somewhere in your head, you gotta be worried that he's gonna come back from the dead and get you. You know what I mean? Like that's actually dude, some supernatural shit is involved. We gotta we gotta we gotta log that one of like some guy <laughs> accidentally kills a horror writer and <laughs> bad shit. The horror like, that's, writer. Speak and you know, speaking of like that's straight out of like creep show, right? Like Right, that does feel like a Stephen King short story, right? Right, there. right. Steve, you're welcome. Steve, go ahead. Steve, you're welcome. I'm go sorry. Ahead. I'm sorry. I joked about hitting you the second time with a car. <laughs> uh, famous we listener of the podcast, Stephen you're King. Okay, right. We can only joke because you're okay and you're still pumping out the great hits. So I'm going to be. Uh, I got a busy uh, couple of weeks ahead, so I'm going to be like pre-programming this in as soon as possible. What if you know this episode to release? What if in between recording this, or at least scheduling and release, something fucking happens to Stephen King? What do we do? We. It's just like when when there's a school shooting and then there's a movie coming out the next week with with guns in it, and they're like, oh, look, we push it back or we airbrush out the guns <laughs> or we just overreact in some way. Uh, yeah. We're, we're re, we re, are re-recording this from Maine. Right. Live. Right. If, if something happens to Stephen King, which nothing will. And we hope for that. We hope the best for him. Uh, yes, please don't. I hope you didn't just kill Stephen King. I'll be so mad at you. <laughs> I'll be mad at me. That's I the like whole how, thing we were talking like about. I just took, <laughs> I just took no responsibility whatsoever. And just put it all on you. <laughs> Um, the funny Stephen King came up though. I'm reading uh, uh, Salem's Lot right now. Um, I just picked up a paperback of it. I mean, I've read Sal- you've read it. Uh, that's one of the few Stephen King novels that I have read. Yeah. Um, I um, I I'm not I'm not uh far enough into it to uh uh develop an opinion on it. I know it's a slow burn, and I struggle with those in novels a little bit. Like I'll watch the slowest fucking movie ever. Uh, if it's good, a slow novel, like I kind of just want the good stuff. I'm more of a short story guy than a novel guy. I know you're a, like a bigger reader than I am. Um, but uh, what do you think of it? I mean, when it comes to Stephen King, I'm definitely a short more. I like his short stories a lot more than his novels. But yeah. um, I. There are some really creepy fucking scenes in there, particularly in the first section where the attacks are happening. Um, that it really got me, but I did. I do remember getting to the end and be like, "Oh, that was that was, yeah, not much there." There is a sequel short story he wrote that is at the end of Night Shift, which I highly recommend. Night Shift is a collection of his all his short stories that basically he wrote before he was got it six huge successful, and they're all pretty much fantastic. I mean, I remember reading it and being like. Oh, they should make this one into a movie, and then I would look it up and be like, "Oh, they already did." Yeah, <laughs> every single fucking story. Wow, in there all bangers is huh? either a movie or a segment in a creep show like movie. Yeah. Um, but the except for the last story, which is uh, a sequel to Salem's Lot, which is really good. Uh, I don't want to tell you what it's about because that would spoil what happens in Salem's Lot. But 
you don't have to have read Salem's Lot to enjoy the story. So I highly recommend once you're done with Salem's Lot, read that story or read it even if you give up on Salem's Lot. It's good. Cool. Um, have you seen the uh, the Toby Hooper miniseries? I watched that, I think, during the uh, lockdown. Yeah. Okay. I also see mixed things on that. Uh, where did you land on that? I mean, it's a TV movie from the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure compared to other TV movies from the 70s, it's really good. Sure. It's not, but it's not like movie quality. I mean, it's it's fine. Sure. It's fine. Um, if I was a kid and I watched that in the 70s, I would have thought it was fucking awesome, I'm sure. Uh, my dad uh, tells a story remembering um, that being on, I don't know if it was if it aired again or if this was the first run of it, um, but, you know, my dad was a kid in the 70s. Um, and uh, he remembers... Uh, the the scene the scene that everyone remembers of the kid floating and he's like scratching on the glass and then he like floats into the room and uh my dad's like watching it is like proper spooked like having the exact reaction he is supposed to be and then sure enough hears the same fucking sound coming from his upstairs he turns the fucking movie off like nope <laughs> um so he uh he rents it I'm a I'm a teenager. He rents it. He wants to see it again, um, not to show to me. I think he wanted to like conquer it himself, <laughs> um, uh, or with my mom or something. But I, for some reason, I didn't watch it, and I don't know why. Uh, I caught bits of it, um, but I don't know why I didn't sit down with him. Uh, but uh, the scene comes up, the fabled, uh, notorious scene that scared a generation. And I swear to God, the words out of my dad's mouth, like, no, this isn't it. They changed it. (laughs) (laughs) Which, that's my dad's thing. That is the most, like, Kurt Miller, like, my father thing, which is not that I have grown up and this wasn't as scary as I remember when I was. It's like, no, they changed it. (laughs) George Lucas got in there and made it less scary. The filmmakers were like, we need to make this TV movie less scary. Right. So they went right. in. That's amazing. Now they changed it. <laughs> they no, changed it. They, they changed it. Um, I caught, uh, I also remember the end. Um, I don't have this in context, but I, I believe it ends in, spoiler alert for Sight Love's Lot, I guess. Uh, it ends in kind of like a similar to Dracula kind of thing, right? Like they go into the house, they go to the basement, and they like fucking kill the main vampire, I guess. Whatever. Yes. Um, like I said, I don't know the full context of this, but, uh, they, in the movie, they, you know, open up the coffin and he's got kind of this like terrible, like bluish, like Nosferatu motherfucking looking face. Uh, and that burned into my memory and gave me some nightmares, even though it's pretty silly looking, but like it got me, uh, when I was 13 or whatever. Absolutely. I, I remember the big Stephen King miniseries when I was about that age was uh, storm of the century. I don't know that Did one. Did you ever see Storm of the Century? No. It was as Stephen King wrote a miniseries. Like he wrote the script directly for TV. It wasn't based on a book. He just wrote the script. Got it. But it was a big event. And it was, uh, I loved it. I rewatched it uh, last year, I think. And it was fine. It was, yeah. it was a miniseries. Yeah. There's some good stuff in there, though. Um, <clears throat> I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think is the best thing based on a Stephen King thing? I mean, it's probably the, the boring shining, answer right? is the yeah, right, shining. Right. 
The Shining. It's it's the coincidentally it's the movie Kubrick. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so non boring answer. Like, and it's also so radically different. It's it's Kubrick's The Shining compared to like Stephen King's The Shining. Um, right. So what is I, I which so, is what makes it so good? Right. So what if it, so full so, tacky Stephen King? <laughs> I mean, I've never read it all the way through, but The Shawshank Redemption's got to be up there. Oh, interesting. That's yeah, like I kind of forget that one's King. Uh, it's a really good movie. It's pretty faithful to the book, apparently. Uh, what else? We got? Stand by me. Um, yeah. Stand by me. Man, um, I forgot that. I forgot Stand by me too, man. It's some good shit. I I keep thinking I of like the mist, it, which like is the, not on that level. But yeah, I like the mist a lot. No, I hated the ending of the mist. I, know I love the ending of the mist. I fucking hated it. It's so viscerally dark. I love it. I hated it. Oh, um, yeah, I like the it movie, the first one anyway that came out. I didn't uh, see the second one, ago. but I liked the first one too. First one just kind of works yeah. on its own. It does. It does. And the second one, that's there's some good stuff in there, but it's everyone seems so lukewarm on it. And like I wasn't the first one was so like good that I wasn't like begging for more, you know? It felt concluded. Right. So I just never got around to the yeah. second one. Um what else? Misery was pretty good, actually. Misery's the I one I gotta see. That. Um what other great Stephen King movies? Oh, Carrie is fucking good. Okay. Yeah. Darabont Kubrick De Palma. What do you know? But um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing that Spielberg has never directed a. Yeah, interesting. I it's, think he almost directed The Talisman a few times. Interesting. It's if you were gonna get if Spielberg was gonna do one, I, I'd see him doing something like The Green Mile, uh, rather than one of right, King's like true, goopy yeah. ones, you know. The the dead zone is a good one. That's Cronenberg. Oh right, 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 right. Gosh, um, remember in the seventies when King movies were adapted by some of the greatest filmmakers crazy, of all time? Crazy, crazy. John Carpenter did uh, Christine, which is okay, right, but right, right, lunatic, yeah. lunatic. Um, uh, I'm glad we filled that time because I didn't watch anything this is week. There, but... Is there a, a um, there's got to be a big one we're missing? Yeah. I just uh, want to make sure we're not leaving any great Stephen King movies out. Uh, clearly, Stephen... you're thinking of Dreamcatcher. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that in theater. I did, too. Uh, my dad. Oh. My I, I'm, my dad's really getting the short end of the stick on this one. Uh, but uh, my dad saw Dreamcatcher. <laughs> my dad loved Dreamcatcher. Loved it. Loved Stop it. it. No, he didn't. My father, who will not watch a movie a second time, does not want to see a movie he's seen before. Doesn't want to. Liked it so much, he took me to it because he liked it so fucking much. Stop it. And you know what? I was in like eighth grade, maybe ninth grade, whatever. Uh, I liked it at the time. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, aliens are going your butt or whatever. I, I had a good time with it. I did watch it later as an oh adult. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I think we hit all the big ones. A couple of good ones. Uh, Dolores Claiborne is good. Good thriller from the 90s. I don't even know that one at all. Uh, yeah, I, I recommend it. Kathy Bates. It's just a good little mystery. Uh, the Running Man. Was that King? No shit. You've seen it. Well, it's loosely based on Got one it. of his stories. Got it. I haven't seen it. I know. Like the, a I know it. Oh, you haven't seen The Running Man? No. 
Oh, that's a fun one. I I recommend The Running Man. Okay. It's like it takes place in a dystopian future, and I watched it in the year 2016, which felt like a dystopian (laughs) future. And in the opening crawl, it's like in the year 2016. And I was like, oh, they were right. (laughs) It is terrible. It is awful. Um, And then Cujo. 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 Great one. Great one. Um, Um, Cool. Yeah. That's, this has so been King I Talk. Watched, <laughs> this has been King Talk. I watched a movie called The Honor Society. Oh, yeah. I talked about that a couple weeks ago. Did Yeah, I think you did. I liked it quite a bit. I did, too. It was quite enjoyable. Um, just the, those teen movies, obviously, the rights to be decent, but they live and die on the strength of the cast. Entirely. Usually, right? The, Entirely. And the two leads in that, I thought, were fantastic. Yeah. Um. There is there is a twist uh, before the last act of that movie. I saw it coming like three minutes before it happened because it got it because you get to a point and it's like sh- she's about to make a de- usually she would make a decision in a romantic comedy and she would make the wrong decision and then she would have to win the object of her affection. Sure, sure. But we get to that point in this movie where she doesn't make the wrong decision; she makes the decision you want to make, and then it's like oh. Everything's great. And then I was like looking at my watch. I'm like, oh, yep. no. <laughs> There's too much time. <laughs> Something terrible is about to happen. And then it just all added up. And I was like, okay, yeah. I think I don't but, I don't remember exactly. I, I think I was I was on the lookout for a twist because I had read that in the in the reviews of it. Uh, but oh, I think it was, okay. I think other than that, I was still mostly caught by surprise. I didn't see it, even though I was expecting something. I don't think I saw what it was coming. Um, but it's it's. I was I was bummed out, which is obviously what's supposed to happen, right? Right. But I feel like that kid from Stranger Things does such a good job of making you like that guy that when the twist comes, you're like, oh fuck, right, right. <sighs> um, it's a. Uh, it's a good, it's a good little movie, and uh, you're bummed out. The character's bummed out. Everyone's bummed out. Um, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of well-made teen comedies, and here, um, and that's the thing. Only, this is four. Only became, it, it is four teenagers, right? Yes, yes. But that's not a bad thing. Which my Movie love sh- for those movies only started being weird like ten years ago. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> But I I don't know. It just it's like the nostalgia. It just puts you back in high school, even if yeah. it's like a modern day high school. Basically, the same shit's going on. You're right. It's like it's I don't know. I love those kinds of like Clueless is one of my favorite movies. It has a lot of Clueless flavor. This movie, it's, obviously, it's not on that level, but uh, I dug it. What are you? What are your favorite uh, teen movies? Clueless. Uh, Tell me you watched Days and Confused. <laughs> I haven't watched Days and Confused yet. Ugh, I Brian, know, I know. You're only hurting yourself. You're only hurting yourself. I know, but here's the thing. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to have that euphoric moment, like when I saw When Harry Met Sally for the first time. I'm like, oh, this is, like, really good. So, like, yeah, oh, I, I can shit. just save oh, that people moment. people weren't just full of shit <laughs> right. this whole time. Right. Um, my, my version of that is I've never seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So. I, uh, I've seen bits of it on cable. Um, I, I 
also heard a lot of people like kind of, you know, because that is such a broad comedy for its time. It maybe isn't uh, the transcendent experience. You maybe at least at least yeah. my peer group hyped it up to be, you know, um, I I felt that way when I saw Say Anything. Yeah, I did, I too. Like, oh. I did exactly as well. Yeah. Um, I yeah. was not a Say Anything kid. I was a big Better Off Dead kid. <laughs> oh, I've never seen that. That's where he's uh, he's like a movie fan, right? Um, John Cusack? Uh, I don't remember. I haven't seen it in a long time because it's actually not streaming anywhere. The only place to like get it is like get a used DVD. Um, That's where he's like suicidal. Yes, yes. Uh, you yeah, are making yeah, air quotes yeah, yeah. so no one can see. He is actively attempting suicide throughout the movie. That <laughs> maybe doesn't age that well. Uh, he comically attempts suicide several times. Um, I don't. I have no idea if it's good. I haven't seen it since I was in high school. But like, it was on like the rotation of DVDs. My friends and I would watch like yeah. very, very frequently. Um, I also well, Ferris Bueller was a big one. Very. That one's so good. I sometimes don't even like count that as a teen movie, even though yes, it obviously right, of course it is. Right. That's yeah. just like a good ass movie, man. No, no uh Yeah. Uh no qualifier. That's the word I was looking for. Um do you know uh Can't Hardly Wait? Yeah, I remember that. I that, love Can't Hardly Can't Hardly Wait. Wait, Brian, is uh like a poor man stays and confused. I, I, yes, like, I get that. I, <laughs> and I, I, and I say that as someone who I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but I remember loving Can't Hardly Wait. But it is dazed and confused, but in the 90s. Right. Like, uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So um, if you like Can't Hardly Wait, you're going to love dazed and confused. Yeah. I, I, and I love Linklater. So, like, I, uh, <laughs> I say that yeah. looking at our video feed, I look like a guy who would say, I love Linklater. <laughs> <laughs> just the most cliche like fucking things that would come out of fucking this fucking white bearded dude's mouth this slightly chubby bearded <laughs> dude's mouth I like Linklater I like the before trilogy I think those are really great films <laughs> fuck me I mean you're not wrong white bearded guy <laughs> you're not wrong fuck me um, <laughs> I want to talk about Richard Linklater on my podcast <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about Stephen King and Richard Linklater. We're fucking Is there more like dude. <laughs> One of us lives in Brooklyn, the other lives in Portland. What are we doing with our fucking lives, man? <laughs> just being walking cliche. <laughs> we are just... oh. You know what? You know what? Most people who looked at us wouldn't be like, those two guys have a podcast about fucking Smallville. That's they would it. not think that. They also would not think that if they listened to this show so far. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we talk about Smallville? <laughs> We're phasing the Smallville out. One day, like the Smallville... Right now, it's like 40 minutes of the podcast, maybe 30. One day, it's going to be like 20, and then 10 minutes, and then 5, and then no one will ever remember that we ever talked about small. <laughs> we'll still introduce it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm okay with whatever happens naturally. You know, if it just naturally kind of phases out, then that's that's the way it goes. If we just have... <laughs> Watch it just naturally turn into a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, Mission Impossible. Yeah, we we have we do have a duty uh, to our scholarship, our Smallville scholarship. I'm holding up the tally. Right, right. Sheet. Oh, I assume we we'll get through complete. it. I assume we'll get through it once. Our second time through, who the fuck yes. knows? <laughs> Oh, no, Brian, the second time through is not actually happening. You know that, right? The second time through, this mm. show is going to evolve wow. All into right. something else. I mean, that's fine. I... <laughs> I, I'll give you this. I was, we I was do worried. season one. Yeah, all right. We do have to do season one. Um, I was a little like, yeah. I like hanging out. I, I'd be fine perpetually hanging out. <laughs> no, I would yeah, too. Yeah. But I know, just, I got you. We dropped the Smallville. Right. We dropped the Smallville. <laughs> If they don't give us new episodes by the time we're done, or ever, like those are hundred percent going to get burned by HBO, hundred percent. Right, but then I heard this other thing that HBO might sell, like Discovery Warner might sell in a couple of years to uh, Comcast or one of those other, yeah, Universal Comcast might buy Discovery Warner in a few years when they can. Huh. So. Then new ownership, maybe they'll be like, give us the Smallville show. I guess so. I mean, is Dis- is Disney just going to come into the play and just t- truly take on a monopoly? I'm kind of waiting for it, right? Like, we all... I don't think they're allowed. I don't think they, they would let them allowed. buy anymore. It's, we all... No. It's understanding, like, not in a real way, because this is dark and it shouldn't happen. It would be bad for the industry, because monopolies are bad. But, like, we all kind of darkly want to see them try, right? We all kind of want to, like... <laughs> see what would happen right <laughs> well they already got they, didn't they get challenged when they bought fox like they yeah, that were, should not have there gone were some, that was bad man no it shouldn't have that's insane it's insane they paid all that money so they could have wolverine meet up with it's their spider-man who they don't even own spider-man whatever the fuck they just paid all that money for the x uh, wolverine and homer simpson <laughs> Cause, yeah, because they don't give a fuck about Predator or Alien or any of their franchises. 20th Century Fox has Die Hard. They don't give a fuck. No, that dude, they fucking Prey went to fucking Hulu. <laughs> like, uh, The new Hellraiser is going that, to fucking Hulu. It seems so short-sighted to me because I feel, I feel like I've heard that movies, if they had a theatrical release, they do better on streaming once they go to streaming. Oh, I believe it. It's a, even if it was, this is... Just how my brain works, even if I academically understand a movie was like made with an intention for a theatrical release, like Prey, it innately becomes cheaper to me if it's straight to streaming. Yeah. Yep. Well, also, like, I think I would have liked Prey more if I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Tommy proved. It would have been a. Tommy fucking proved you should go to the movies. (laughs) Tommy boy. Tommy boy. Tommy boy. Make movies for the theater and make them well, and people will come. That's what he proved. That said, man, you know, I also got a, a on the a flip side of the coin. Um, I uh, I'm about you know in February I'm gonna have a child, and uh, going to the right. movies may not be as common for you know it's one of my wife and I's like favorite things to do, and we might not be able to do that as frequently. Um, that might yep. be a very special treat. Um, so maybe. You know, I might be uh, thankful to be able to stay in a pretty relevant conversation. With... You'll never st- be starved for relevant stuff that you can stream. Right, 
Right. I mean, you might be missing out on one or two things. That's the but thing. just be one of those weird people who brings their toddler into the movie. Just be one of those assholes. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't want that. Wouldn't want that. Um, you know what they should do is they should genuinely allow like a uh, it's a fully you can bring your baby to this screening. So everyone knows people are going to bring babies. <laughs> And no one can get mad there at the other so babies because we all brought babies. Just, What's that? Just, just you wouldn't be able to hear the movie. No. So much crying. <laughs> or just headphones. Just everyone has headphones. The kids are just screaming. Um, did, you ever, uh, did you ever work at a movie theater? No, I just, I, I worked the other end. The video right, store. right. Okay. I distinctly remember the, um, and like, you know, I try not to judge. You don't know people's situations. It's not always negligence. It's sometimes it's just every, everybody just kind of doing their best. But like, man, a mom bring in, uh, I, I, I don't want to say two kids older than seven. They couldn't have been older than seven. To saw two felt like a lot. Oh. Yeah, I hate that. I, I, when I saw the first Deadpool, there was like a someone brought their five year old, and I was like, I want to strangle you. I want to strangle you right now. It's, I think the same thing happened with, with uh, Logan. And I was like, this is not a movie for them. They I could not be watching see that. I could have some sympathy if like you got confused, you know? Right. But they didn't leave. Yeah. Didn't right. Out of the movie, <laughs> right. 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 Um, man, I hated Logan. Uh, Deadpool, I was fine with like also, what it was. Brian, we're always on the same page when we diverge from the popular. Right. I too, I didn't, I wouldn't yes. Say, I wouldn't say I hated Logan. I wouldn't say I hated it, but I, I was like, really? Like, this is the movie everyone is freaking out about? Seriously. And everyone's oh, like, it's it a Western. Movie. No, it's not. <laughs> that script got nominated for an Oscar, Brian. Jesus fucking Christ what a fucking nightmare it's there's I thought there was some stuff in like the first act there was a lot of like it's violent to make it more adult like the violence didn't feel that's the part that really turned me off that's the part that really turned me off because that was like that made it less adult to me you're like trying to prove I don't know it was so unnecessary the amount of violence it felt 14 year old boy to me more than adult right it was very the dark knight syndrome which doesn't have a lot of violence that's not what I mean which I mean is take this seriously I want you to take this seriously this is for bad mom (laughs) yes um, like but, if you have that much gratuitous violence from the beginning, when you get it at the important moments, it's not going to matter as much because right. they're just showing us all this gratuitous violence. And then it gets all this fucking jazz. Like a script gets fucking nominated for an Oscar all about how like, Oh, it's this quiet Western with Wolverine or whatever. And a contemplate. Like it still ends with a bunch of fucking kids making X-Men faces at the end. Like ah, my power. And like fuck off. Dude. It sucks. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be this, yeah, this quiet, unforgiven. They were comparing it to yeah. unforgiven. <laughs> and then halfway through, I don't remember an unforgiven when halfway through a Clint Eastwood clone shows up <laughs> and starts to battle Clint Eastwood. I do want to see that, that, was that like, movie, though. To me, was like, was like uh, surprise, motherfuckers. This is an X-Men movie. <laughs> yeah, Here's a clone of Wolverine. Boom. 
It's and maybe maybe if I had gone in with like this is stupid expectations, I would have been like, sure, I had fun with whatever that was. But like you can't tell right. me it's gonna be a real movie and then have fucking yeah, clone Wolverine show up and I'm just be like, all right, no, well then- because I don't think it I don't I don't think it exists on the fun movie level because it's not designed to be fun. Right. So if it doesn't work on the serious movie, it's not it doesn't work at all. It's not like you can't because they're not trying to be like just fun disposable movie, right? Like Deadpool is, but, um, right? And I enjoy Deadpool exactly. And I'm not even saying Deadpool's a great movie, movies. yeah. But uh, no, but I've seen both those movies once. I enjoyed them greatly, and then I moved on with my life. Yeah. But the big thing that bothered me about Logan, if I remember correctly, is the whole movie is like he's given up. He's basically got a death wish, right? He doesn't right. want to live anymore. Right. He's kind of sick. And then the end of the movie. <laughs> uh, he basically gets what he wants. He dies. Yeah. And like, you'd think the movie would be about him. Like, Oh no, there is a reason to live. And then he like helps with the kids. I don't know. I remember being like, Oh, that was the. It, yeah. Once again, it's like 14 year old boy of like, well, so we can't have, we have to kill him. So that is spoilers. Uh, we have to kill him so that we have the finality so that we know this is his last time playing Wolverine, I guess. Um, right. yes. And, uh, but like, once again, that's just like, you can also give a happy ending, you know? <laughs> like, right. Yes, for sure. Which, um, the movie has, the movie has kind of a mean streak too. Like the way they dispose of Patrick Stewart. And like, there's this, this family, they like stay with while they're on the road. Right. And that family just totally gets slaughtered <laughs> and it's just brutal. Fuck that movie, man. I did like uh uh um who's that director? Mangold. Um I I like yeah, Ford versus Ferrari. I like him. Um, I'm I'm looking for I liked his previous Wolverine movie do you, enough to where he goes yeah, to Yeah, I liked it enough. I only saw it the one time and didn't think about it again, but I liked it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward cautiously to his Indiana Jones movie. Oh right. Yeah. I think yeah, I, he, he does direct action well. Yeah. So and that's the big prerequisite for Directing one of those, yeah. So, fingers crossed. Fingers um, crossed. I have one more uh, Logan thought, but I have to Zach. I have to bring in a friend here. Sorry, not a friend, a friend of me, just an enemy, if you will. I have to unlock this case that we have here. Uh, that uh, we have Doctor Strange <laughs> to <laughs> seal it. Breaking case of emergency. It's I, I have to. Uh, I, <laughs> you put you put him away. Not I know. 40 minutes ago. <laughs> I know. I know. So it's a real pain in the ass. So I shoved it all. I'm just got to. Okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. We're going to let it out. We're just going to talk about it. What are those sounds? Uh, it was uh, my locked, the locked case that it is in. Uh, and then the fog coming out because it's it's of course been frozen. Oh, uh, and now it's now it's thawing out. Yes, yeah, there we go. It's it's continuing. <laughs> I mean, could it even have frozen in the amount of time it was in there? It, must uh, be like it can. It's a really knife. it's a really expensive case, Zach. I will never own property, but I own this case to <laughs> to leave Doctor Strange two our Doctor Strange two conversation frozen. Um, but uh, fucking spoilers for Doctor Strange two, a movie that sucks. Uh. Fucking! <laughs> I still haven't seen the second half. <laughs> I, 
I told you I stopped watching it. Oh fuck, I forgot about I that. I forgot about that. Uh Patrick yeah, so Stewart fucking shows up uh in the in the fucking I did look that up on YouTube because I was like, I just want to see this fucking part. <clears throat> so, so I did he, see that part. He shows up in the fucking cavalcade of cameos for fucking opening weekend fucking dweebs. Um all, all fucking applauding, like there's no fucking movie here. Um but uh, Patrick Stewart shows up and uh, they kill him again. They kill him again. Like, guys, how many times has Patrick Stewart died in a f- fucking movie? It, it, how many times has Professor X, like, he's died a fucking... It, do you think this is going to be effective again? You keep fucking doing it. <laughs> Every time Patrick Stewart, like... Yeah, that's at least the third time. That's at least the, the third, third time. time. Every time Patrick Stewart shows up in a fucking X-Men thing from now on, it's like, this bitch is going to die? <laughs> <laughs> God, God. Oh, I put it back in the vault because I'm gonna. I'm about to start going off on it. Even Poo, more I, I just kicked it in. I'm closing the door. Boom, 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 boom. That's the keypad, and I'm pushing it back. <laughs> All right, it's away. Really great, really great sound effects have to be narrated as you're doing <laughs> keypad. Yeah, that's the problem. I'm really getting into. Uh, I'm really getting into uh, audio dramas. <laughs> that's my new. That's my new ambition. I'm gonna do foley for audio dramas. People, people. Just if we just do like a very serious audio drama, but with ridiculous effects. <laughs> uh, excuse me, great effects. Hi, honey. Just driving in the car. Vroom. <laughs> I don't see the problem. Oh fuck! It's. <laughs> I was worried we wouldn't have anything to talk about in this. Because we've you know been flapping gums at each other for uh, already we last week's episode we just recorded that it's we're at thirty seven minutes. <laughs> Honestly, this is better than last week's episode. This is already better because uh, because we're just we're just going we're just going. Can you imagine if you were the Academy Award nominated writer of Logan? And somehow you maybe your kid listens. You stumbled upon this talent mix podcast, only to hear the two uh, idiot hosts trash your movie. Do you think, even knowing that no one listens to the podcast, I, I still think that writer would be like, "Motherfuckers!" Yeah, oh, fuck for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. I fucking asshole fucking mom's basement talking fucking podcast about someone, like they know how to fucking write a movie. <laughs> someone was mean about uh, one of my uh, my role playing game shows uh, that I did for College Humor. Just a choice that I made. Someone was was mad about or mean about it on Twitter and like completely didn't affect anything. It's completely fucking fine. I just sat there steamed about it like. <laughs> Yeah, fucking idiot on Twitter doesn't fuck. He's talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Don't fucking think piece of fucking shit. Fucking knows anything. Oh well, if you're listening, Logan Ryder, you are very successful, and I congratulate you on your success. And uh, what do you care? Uh, and person who roasted me about my D and D show, uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we watched Legacy, the 17th episode in the third season of Smallville, uh, 61st episode overall in Air Doc, April 14th, 2004. Uh, okay. Against Martha's protest. 
I was just going to say this, this is going to be a tough one, Brian. I'm glad we talked a lot because uh, this is just a good episode. This is just a good episode, TV. right? We <laughs> And we might not have too much to talk about other than how good it is. Yeah, you Which are right. It doesn't make for great podcasting. <laughs> right. Enjoy this audio book of the wiki with occasional like, hmm, oops, good. <laughs> well performed. <laughs> uh, against Martha's protestations, Jonathan is on the roof of the barn trying to attach a weather vane. Suddenly, he hears a high-pitched ringing and loses his balance. Martha screams for Clark, who super speeds from the fields and catches him. He is unharmed, but shaken, and explains that he heard a ringing. Clark is sure Jorel is responsible, but Jonathan gets irritable, even calling him Kal-El. Clark and Martha are shocked as Jonathan stalks away. I want to throw out there, Jonathan uh, probably shouldn't be on doing this stuff right now after his heart attack, but I also realize that's just the text of the show. It's a good show. <laughs> Martha, Martha yells out to him, Clark should be doing that. All the chores, Clark should be doing that. And can easily, easily, in seconds, without breaking a sweat. (laughs) Jonathan. It would take him two minutes. It's typically pride can be uh, uh, stupid on on a good day. Jonathan, this don't make no sense. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought him him falling off the roof was a pretty good effect. Yes, I agree. Um, that does just randomly remind me of, uh, I had a family member, uh, who, you know, I was getting up there older, um, and, uh, struggling with some stuff, uh, but still very prideful. And I had to go to the store with them to, uh, pick up some heavy things. And like every single family member was like, don't, don't let him lift anything heavy. Don't let him lift anything heavy. Like, uh, <laughs> someone else there with me was like, go and take that from him. And was like, I, I don't know. He's an adult fucking man who knows he shouldn't be lifting shit. Like, what do you want me to Yeah, what do you fucking, want from me? What do you want what from you, me? Yeah. Want hey, to fight him? Hey, your doctor says you probably shouldn't lift that. What do you want? What do you want from me then? What's my fucking job here? You want, <laughs> do you want to fight him? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway. I don't actually know what that was, where that was, uh, but I just I, want the listeners to know that even when we're not doing this live, um, where people can see us, we do dance every time. Every the music time comes on, it's a bop. I actually yeah. think I, I kid it yeah. too early, but that's okay. I love hearing it. Uh, it doesn't matter. Lionel is about to kill himself just from the last episode. He's, he's bummed out that he's dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he receives a phone call, he abruptly puts the pistol away and takes a helicopter to Smallville. Clark goes to the Kawachi Caves to negotiate with Jorel. The Kawachi Caves, which I have 100% forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> How could you forget about the Kawachi people, Brian? I, the very I real Kawachi people. <laughs> Uh, The key begins to glow in his hand, but suddenly Lionel is standing next to him. He cryptically asks Clark how Jonathan is doing and notices the octagonal indentation has returned. Um, Okay, we danced to that too. (laughs) So that phone call saved the entire show, first of all. The phone call interrupted his suicide. Saved the entire show. Saved the entire show. I love the idea. Thank you, person who called. I love the idea that the Smallville writers' room had they not thought that Lionel should get a phone call, 
Yes. They would yeah, have they simply have would have been forced. The they simply would have been forced to write. Like, how do we write our way out of this? Yeah. What if he gets a phone call? Oh my god. Oh thank God. John Glover's job is saved. <laughs> um there is a moment in the cave with Clark. Uh, my notes are in- inconclusive here. He says something, and I wasn't sure if he was being genuine or if he was gaslighting. Mm. I think he's talking about a father's love for a son. Yeah, it's or something. Uh, right. It's after all, <laughs> you only have one. Oh, no, that's the yes. fucking line. That's no, it's not sincere. It can't be sincere. Well, what's his angle? Is there some element of like, I know, I know something. It's a little, I know something. (laughs) Because he doesn't just have one. That's the thing. Clark doesn't, it's a little like, I know a little bit, right? Oh, I didn't even fucking think about that. He doesn't just have one. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's, I didn't think of that. At the, I didn't but think does, anything of it at the time. Does Lionel know that, though? I don't think he knows it, but like I do maybe think he's trying to communicate, I know something. I don't know what. He also has an evil Wilson in there. Yeah, point. what was he talking about? Can't remember. <laughs> Good episode. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Uh, he go Lionel, I assume, goes to tell Lex and asks him to help figure out Clark's secret. It is revealed that Lex is wearing a wire and their conversation is being recorded. Clark asks Jonathan about the key and he concedes that Jor-El is Clark's real father and admits that his brush with death has him reevaluating his choices. Clark is confused and hurt by Jonathan's words. He takes the key from Jonathan and locks it up. Good scene. Good Johnny Case scene. Great. There's so much gaslighting going on in this episode. Even more than usual. (laughs) Johnny K gaslights Clark. Mm -hmm. Lex gaslights Clark and Lionel. Clark gaslights everyone. Lionel gaslights everyone. I like in this scene, Clark's like talking about Jor-El and Johnny K's like, not everything's about your biological father. (laughs) It definitely is, though. Yeah, I think this specifically, though, is. (laughs) Um, no some things are about Lana Johnny K but this thing I'm pretty sure it's about my biological father Um, later at the Talon Clark talks to Lana about Jonathan's behavior she assures him that sometimes people are depressed after a health crisis thanks Chloe Um, oh sorry Lana thanks Lana um Lex later consults. She always likes to fit in her. She always liked to fit in that one thing that happened to her. Yeah, right. When she broke her leg, <laughs> she, she brings that up a lot. Mm-hmm. But she's had all these other tragedies. She doesn't ever mention those. She but. was literally a couple of weeks ago tied up in a basement doing a house that was about to explode. Hey, Lana, she's how like, you that doing? Time I broke my leg. <laughs> yeah. No wonder she called the teen crisis help. Like, she should be calling that line more often. Yeah, from the fucking future, Zach, after being chased by a gunman last week. What the fuck? That was Lana. It's amazing that she's she's holding it together, man. And she goes into work every fucking day. (laughs) And she she goes into work at the Talon at uh the fucking crisis help hotline she fucking 
runs track and field apparently i called out of work because i was a little tired (laughs) (laughs) this lady that's the only way she she stops from her trauma from just completely overtaking i guess i guess that's true lana needs therapy uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> just objectively, yes. Uh, Lex later consults with Agent Frank Loader. That's the FBI guy uh, that came in last week and was like, I'm taking over this case. I'm the FBI. Rah, 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 rah. Um, and tells him to disregard Lionel's comments about the Kents, saying that he only agreed to help them bring Lionel down and it's not to interfere with the Kents. Loader is dubious at Lex's insistence that Clark is an ordinary boy. Um, if someone said to me, even if I, if I wasn't asking questions, if, if you were like, Hey, Bill, Billy down the street is an ordinary boy, Zach. Don't look into the ordinary boy. Immediately be like, okay, so something's up with that boy. No, no. I said he was an ordinary boy. (laughs) What about he's an ordinary boy? There's absolutely nothing extraordinary (laughs) about that boy, I promise you. Lionel (sighs) goes to visit Dr. Virgil Swan, the man himself. He's back. Um, I mean, great great acting in the scene. Reeves and Glover. Extremely good. Uh that was our complaint last time with the Greaves episode. Is we're like we didn't get Glover in there with him. Rectified it with this. We got it. We got it. Um, okay, Lionel goes to visit Doctor Virgil Swan and asks him what he knows about the language on the walls of the cave. He offers to give Doctor Swan conservancy over the caves if he tells him what he knows. Doctor Swan lies and says he doesn't know the language. Lionel tells him about the octagonal keyhole and his suspicion that Clark has the key. Uh, He asks Dr. Swan to talk with Clark. Dr. Swan correctly guesses that Lionel is dying, and Lionel admits that he believes that that whatever is in the caves will save his life. Dr. Swan agrees to help him. Why would Lionel think that? I mean, actually, I take it back. Uh, There's a pretty good shot that that would work, because that, like, made Martha have a baby or some shit. Um... Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So actually, no, that's, that's not it, crazy out of nowhere. I mean, and the green rocks can do literally anything. That... Any whatever, whatever they need it to this given episode, <laughs> yeah. except make yeah. Pete relevant. So... <laughs> Where's the old Pete? The old Pete clip. The curb. The yeah. Curb right. Clip. Um. <laughs> is uh is Pete in this fucking episode? Is Pete in this episode? No, they couldn't. I don't think so. Oh, my God. We should have just kept a Pete count. <laughs> it would be small. Um, sorry, I lost my place here. So for a second. how much better is this episode than your average episode of Smallville? I mean, this is like a whole different show, right? Yeah, this, this is, is like... definitely like this is the show that I liked, you know? Right. Yes. It's a lot of scheming and maneuvering. And some smooching. And some smooching. They even fit in a little smooching. smooching. Some smooching. Yep. Um, and I like it when the show does the smooching. Um, he asked Dr. Swan to talk with Clark. Dr. Swan correctly guesses that Lionel... Oh, wait, no. I did that. 
Uh, Dr. Swan agrees to help him. Clark goes back to the caves to see that Lionel has set up an excavation crew to research the cave wall markings. That night, FBI agents storm the Kent farm with a search warrant. Um, I don't know how... So Clark and Lionel have a little... Clark and Lionel have a little uh, verbal judo scene there in the cave. And Clark versus Lionel is like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like, and Clark is the underdog is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. Not so super. Um, yes, no. definitely. Not with the mental. <laughs> Not with the mental games. Not so super. Uh, okay. Clark is using the Talon phone to leave his mother a message. He tells Lana that his father took off in the middle of his farm errands. Lana listens sympathetically to Clark's problems, and then Clark leans in and kisses her. He says he doesn't want to... It's a good good moment of... uh, They smooch. Lana's like, you're upset. Uh, Clark being like, no, it's not a... It's about that. Uh, (laughs) Okay. What, but Brian, what is with teenagers coming up with reasons not to make out in this I know, fucking show? I know, I know. I mean, she uh, she is in love with Clark. Right. Clark is in love with her. In real life, if that was the case and they started kissing, is there anything that makes them stop kissing other than another human coming a into the room? A scientific fact, like, no. A scientific just inevitability <laughs> is that they will keep teenager. kissing. Maybe an adult, maybe an adult being like, no, you're in a weird headspace. A teenager's like, yes. A teenager isn't fucking capable of that. It's so, so it's not, I don't know the science behind this, but you know, actually like genuinely, uh, getting horned up actually does like dull your critical thinking skills. It's almost like being drunk or whatever. And Kids don't have critical thinking skills to fucking begin with. <laughs> like, except for the, ki- the 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 teens that work at Crisis Hotline. Oh, well, they've had they've had exactly five minutes of training <laughs> in <Yes>. how to <laughs> forward this to a professional. Um, uh, I just love the idea of being like, no, no, we shouldn't make out because you're uh, going through some stuff right now. <laughs> Has a teenager ever said that to another teenager? Never, not once. Has a teenager not ever said once. That? Not one time. Uh okay. Uh Clark says he doesn't want to look back in his life regretting his lost opportunities. Lana tells him uh this is not the time for them to try to get back together and that he needs to focus on his family problems. Um Yeah, lovely. Oh, like oh, we'll do we'll do that later. Now. No, now's the time. Uh, em- <laughs> embarrassed, Clark leaves and finds his dad at his parents' grave, at, at Johnny K's parents' grave. Uh, the last, first time in a while we've seen somebody in a cemetery. We used to, That cemetery set mm-hmm. used to get a lot of play. Um, I, I think it might be a different cemetery. Like I set also think now. so. Yeah. I don't know, like, probably... Um, it's the, the cemetery that got used a bit in like season one, uh, mostly season one was certainly like an indoor set. I think this may have just been a, uh, plot in the corner of another set with, put some grass down, uh, embarrassed Clark leaves and finds his dad at, uh, his parents' grave. He talks wistfully about his own father and says that he feels guilty for turning his back on Clark and forcing him to run away. 
Clark tries to reassure him and takes him home. I'm surprised we're still kind of like um, the serialized storytelling of Smallville is really coming into play now. And uh, we're still dealing with like some threads, like the uh, the ripple effect of the fucking season premiere. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's this is much more modern TV. Right. Um, storytelling, right? Where... Right. Which it is funny though of like when um when I when I initially watched this, I of course watched your DVDs and I would consume them in a matter of days. Now we've been watching them week to you know, it's been over the course of like sixty weeks we've been watching these, and I'm like, fuck, we're still talking about this? <laughs> that was forever <laughs> yeah. ago. That was sixteen was Doctor Strange we- two conversations ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. funny watching them. It, it I think has it'll a... still it'll still be a thing until he he kicks it finally. Yeah, I, mean, I guess right? so. Um, has this been a different experience for you, like overall watching it week to week, that you've like noticed at all? It's very different for me. It's hard because I've seen it through. This is probably like the fourth time I've seen it all the way through. Okay, because I watched it. A few times while it was running, I would catch up periodically. And then I watched it once after, I think, with my last girlfriend. Or not my last one, the one before that. Doesn't really matter. Oh, wow. Uh, I've, anyway, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it all the way through uh, a few times. So now it's like, oh, yeah, this one. Yeah. This is like catching reruns. Like, Got it. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, that makes sense. Uh Okay, embarrassed, or sorry, uh, let's see, forcing him to run away, Clark tries to reassure him and takes him home. Lana is at the mansion, going over the monthly bills for the Talon with Lex. He notices that she is upset and encourages her to tell him what's going on. She tells him that Clark kissed her, uh, to which Lex responds, I thought that would be a good thing, or something like that. (laughs) Uh, She wants to believe... This is the first time in this scene... Uh, I'm sure you're about to read a sentence oh, that good. will say this, but this is the first time that Lex is undermining Clark in the yeah. Clark Lana relationship. This is a big turn. I think I get the vibe that Lex is finally getting a little fed up with Clark's shit in this episode. He still loves him, still wants to be his friend, but he's like, he's like, fuck, dude, this guy is dicking me around. I'm in love with this girl. So even though she's 17 or whatever, (laughs) uh, pursuing a high schooler aside, uh, taking that, taking that, removing that part, just screwing that out and then putting it on the shelf over here. Let's say for a second, they're all over 18, which they are in real life. Right. Watching, Uh, just talking about watching this week's week. About time. (laughs) Sorry, the lag is is really bringing us over together. I don't mean to talk over you. It's all right. Yeah, it's we're, we've been our timing has been off all night, yeah. but that's okay. Um, yeah, it's if you take up aside the actual scary implications and just say they're all the same age, it's still kind of an interesting move by Lex to be right. like, uh, right. yeah, fuck Clark. Yeah, this but like, is like about time, about time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes, I would have been fed up with this motherfucker years ago. Right. Years ago. <laughs> Um, six concussions ago, six, I would have been done with this guy. <laughs> I would say around the time I was stuck on an island, I would have maybe rethought some of my relationships. 
Jesus Christ, remember when that happened? Um, okay. Uh, she tells him that Clark kissed her. She wants to believe that he can change, but Lex advises her that she should measure him by all her experiences with him, not just his most recent gesture, which I wish he wasn't saying it to a 17-year-old, but is good advice. <laughs> yes. I wish he wasn't saying it to a 17-year-old while sitting really close to her on a couch next to a fire place. Basically, on paper, that is good advice. Ri- ri- <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that is another e- evil Wilson. He does say, like, yes. the great poet so-and-so once said. Uh, Clark and Jonathan arrive to see the farm in shambles, and Martha reports the only thing that's missing is the key. Clark starts to panic. Is this the most over-the-top FBI ransacking of a home in television or movie history? Uh, I would say so. They are literally throwing items across the room, like, as they're searching. (laughs) They'll open a drawer and, like, throw it across the room. (laughs) It's so over-the-top. It's so overdone. Clark starts to panic, but Jonathan reveals that he has it. Clark goes to Lex about the raid, and Lex tells him that he will look into it. Lex goes straight straight to Frank Loader, who explains that the FBI is not interested in the Kents. Clark follows and overhears part of the conversation and angrily accuses Lex of investigating his family. I'm so done with this kid. If I'm Lex, I'm so done with so this kid. So done. Remember when he stole your Just car? How many scenes in his... <laughs> yeah. And then bet it in a how Fast and the Furious in... street race that killed a kid. <laughs> like two weeks ago. Oh, it was like two kidnappings ago, dude. <laughs> how, how many times in this episode does Clark... Does a scene begin with Clark storming into a room yelling at someone? Like that's all of Lex, <laughs> I'm mad at you. <laughs> who? I look. Lex is in a business meeting. Can you imagine being the other people in that meeting? Like, who is this 16 year old who just burst into the billionaire's house wearing flannel, just starting yelling at everybody? <laughs> is this your family? Are you? Are you, Is this your son? Are you in charge of this person? No, he's my best friend. <laughs> Uh, who also happens to be a high school farm boy. And also, Loki, I'm grooming his girlfriend. <laughs> who I who I run a business with. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm a billionaire. I run a major corporation and also a small coffee house with a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> Egyptian themed coffee house slash movie theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lax body. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Lex comes. This clean. is a song about grooming. This is Sorry. a song. <laughs> uh, Lex comes clean about his father's attempt to pin the Metron murders on him and his decision to help the feds bring him down. He guesses that Lionel sent his own men to the farm impersonating the FBI. Lex also tells Clark that Lionel visited Dr. Swan recently. Did uh, you say Dr. Strange? I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I might have. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, okay. Clark confronts Dr. Swan, but he assures Clark that he has not betrayed him. Uh, Clark is extremely upset uh, because he thinks that Lionel is putting his family in danger. Dr. Swan says he thought Clark was ready to learn more about his origins, but his actions in the recent past have made him doubt this. They have an intense conversation about Clark's destiny. Dr. Swan shows him another message. I am waiting. But the message is not from space, and Swan believes it is from someone else. Do you know who that's in reference to? No. Even even I mean, like future side like of the, the show? I can't remember that the implication was that it was Johnny K, wasn't it? Or it was Oh Lionel? is it? Oh god. Or, it. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Like who else Zod? But we don't yeah. get to him for a while. Right. And you don't get to like Kara for a while. Um Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the wiki would tell us. Yeah, right. Yeah, actually, they probably will. Okay, back on the Kent farm, Jonathan sees the key glowing, removes it from the box, and leaves the farm. Clark returns home to find his father missing and tells his mom that he thinks Jorel is trying to contact Jonathan. I mean, I guess that's probably just what it was. Uh, Jonathan arrives in the caves. So, Oops, sorry. So, Virgil Swan is also a billionaire. Do you think there's ever been any 16-year-old in the history of the world who's been on speaking terms with two billionaires? I, I mean, like, I mean, I guess if you know one billionaire, oh, right? You probably know two billionaires. <laughs> that's the thing. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. Um, uh, dude, just that's first example again. I'm sure the Trump kids knew a couple of billionaires. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, one of them was not their father. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I have been in a scenario. Actually, it's two times with the same billionaire uh, in an elevator, just me and him. And it was weird. It was like me realizing like, oh, you're, you know, the, uh, the, you know, owner of the parent company of the office that I worked for was just me and him in the elevator. And, uh, just, Can I borrow some money? just fully the full, like three floors to like my destination, just running through my brain, like, what can I say right now to have you make all of my problems go away? What can I say right now to have you make all of like, what's the one fucking thing I got to say? <laughs> There's like, a code word. And it's like, truly, like, I could, what can I say that you can give me an amount of money that you wouldn't even know was gone? <laughs> right, yeah. You could fix mm-hmm. all of my problems and wouldn't even, like, know. If I just took it from you, you wouldn't notice. No. No. <laughs> oh, God bless America. God bless America. Um... Okay, uh, let's see. Jonathan arrives in the caves uh, with his Remington 870 Police Magnum riot shotgun to find Lionel. Uh, there's a real fucking gun nerd on the Smallville Wiki. The NRA took over the Smallville Wiki. <laughs> it's my uh, my uh, gun knowledge is uh, little gun, big gun, and I use that in Doom yeah. sometimes. <laughs> Gun that shoots one bullet at a time. Gun that shoots more than one bullet at a time. <laughs> and shotgun. That's yes. my gun knowledge. So, I love in this scene when uh, Johnny K comes in with a gun in the caves and everyone freaks out and Lionel is calm as a fucking cucumber. He's like, oh, just baby. leave the room, yep. leave us, it's fine. Yep. 
I mean, I guess he he is dying, so he's like, whatever, let's go, let's do this. Right, very true. But I just love the choice by John Glover. Uh, okay. Uh, they all quickly. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, Jonathan orders everyone out of the caves. They all quickly comply, except for Lionel. Uh, Jonathan warns him to stay away from Clark. They fight until the key begins to glow in Jonathan's pocket. Uh, Lionel pulls it out and they fight over it until it floats into the wall and disappears. Jonathan chokes Lionel and Clark arrives just in time to pull him off. Lionel looks... uh, Yes. The the wiki's underselling it when it says they fight. (laughs) There is a point where Lionel tries to gouge Mickey's eyes out. Go, Lionel. He has the thumbs to the eyes and he's pressing in. Like it is. <laughs> Lionel plays for keeps, dude. I fucking love that. It's intense. Um, okay. Um, Jonathan, uh, Lionel uh, looks in wonder at the cave, thinking the key is in the wall. Jonathan thinks Clark has it, but he says he doesn't have it. Uh, Lana goes to visit Clark, and he says again that his feelings for her have never changed. Uh, He insists that if they both want to be together, they should be. Lana is reluctant because she believes that her focus on their relationship is missing, is making her miss out on other things in life. She leaves probably, probably, yeah, you're probably not wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, She leaves Clark alone with his thoughts. Jonathan asks about him. Uh, Jonathan asks him about Lana's visit, but he doesn't tell him anything. Instead, he asks Jonathan why he went to the cave, and Jonathan says he was just drawn there. Clark asks him what Jorel's waiting for and what their deal was. Jonathan refuses to tell him. Clark is worried that Lionel will get the key out of the wall, but Jonathan simply says it isn't there. It is revealed that Doctor Swan is now in possession of the key. How? How? Because he's Superman. How did he he's get Superman, Zach. The... He's not Superman he's in the show, Superman. Though. He is. He's Superman. He's the Superman. <laughs> he's a billionaire, but you can't buy the ability to magically transport a disc to you. Can... How does he get that disc? I, I truly don't know, and we'll unfortunately never find out. <laughs> Probably not, yeah. Uh... Yeah, how the fuck does he get? How the fuck does he get that? I don't know. I don't know. He's Superman, baby. That's the only answer. I I, I can't think of a better one. Uh, all right, we got some featured music. Once in a blue moon by Eddie Brickle. Loves Divine by Seal. The Seal? Hell yeah. Seal. It's when they kiss. It's when Lana and him kiss. Oh, good for Seal. Batman Forever. Smallville. Real this one is two. Not something he remembers. He, he doesn't does. remember. This the is the one he. This episode. is the one he does remember. <laughs> um, do you think? I, I and I actually I mean this. Do you think he even ever knew? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Babe, come in here. My episode of Smallville's coming on." Like, we watch this every time it's on. We watch this every time it's on. <laughs> it's coming up. That would make me so happy. <laughs> uh, let's see here. A legacy is a gift or idea that one is remembered for. Um, no Pete, no Chloe this episode. 
We we don't get a lot of no Chloe. We get a we get a lot of Chloe next week and a decent amount of Pete too. Okay, the Chloe episode. Okay. Um, the writing on the key when it activates is red, yellow, and blue. The colors of Superman. Um, we get it. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> uh. German translation, Lex first says, we must reduce costs. And then, gentlemen, it's late. I'm tired. We can speak tomorrow. These lines are French in the German version of the episode. That's funny. Yeah, because if he's just speaking German, right. it wouldn't matter. Right. Um, okay. Uh, but it also doesn't really matter. It, it, you could uh, just be speaking German to them. It's also true. Uh... <laughs> The scene where Jonathan takes the key from the toolbox is the exact same shot used in Exile. That's Great. funny. That's a. Do you think that was a like editing decision of like shit? We gotta. We already have one. Like we need this, and we got one. Or was it just we don't need to shoot that? We got one. Oh, it could be both. It could be either. Yeah, we'll never know. I mean, it's just an insert shot of his hand, right? Right. Grabbing Surely, the... I'm sure. I wonder if they just keep that stuff fucking like tagged, like ready to go. Like, ah, oh, we got yeah. like this and that. Um, this was Christopher Reeve's final acting role before his death. Um, okay. Uh, Tom Welling, Christopher Reeve's PSA for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation repeats at the end of this episode. I'll say this: I watched it on Hulu. It is not there on Hulu. It is not. It is not. But I believe it was on the last one, right? Uh, not on Hulu. I don't think so. I, at least I don't remember it. Oh, really? Um, I could oh, be well, wrong. At the end of the DVD, it's on there. I remember it on the DVD, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Kent's statement, duking it out, Cemetery Scene with Clark, is most likely one of the many allusions to the television show Dukes of Hazard, which starred John Snyder. Stretch! <laughs> the st- wiki stretch of the episode. <laughs> Um, okay, just seeing if there's anything else interesting here. Um, this is uh, the first and only on-screen meeting of Veritas members, Dr. Swan and Lionel Luthor. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what Veritas is, but I assume that'll come in later. Um, so I just broke up while you read that whole sentence, but Veritas is a big thing later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is the first and only on-screen meeting of Veritas members, Dr. Swan and Lionel Luthor. Yeah. They retcon that they were in a big group together. Got it. But it, it seems like they've never met each other before in mm, this episode. Strange. So... Uh, they don't ever say that, but it seems like. Right. Uh, Dr. Swan does not return Clark's octagonal key until season four. So we're done with the key for a little while. I believe Margot Kidder will take over for, uh, yes. For Reeve in and I show. don't think she's like, PS, this is how he got the key in the first place. <laughs> she should. I don't think we ever get to, she doesn't tell us. Uh, Zach, we did it. That's another one in the can. I mean, that's a really good episode, man. That Great was episode. solid. Not a lot to make fun of, but that's fine. We talked about Stephen King instead. <laughs> uh, we actually did okay on time, actually, overall. Um, but uh, let's see. This is a this is the Talon Mix. It's our Smallville recap podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter, the Talon Mix Pod. You can follow us there. That'd be great. Uh, also, subscribe on on your podcasting platform of choice. And hey, 
maybe leave a nice review on our iTunes page or Apple Podcasts now. I still call it iTunes. Uh, that would just be that would just be nice. That would just be a well, nice thing to do. Unless you are the writer of Logan, in which case it's okay if you want to leave a scathing review. Yes, actually. Um, but you do have to identify yourself as the writer of Logan. Yes, yes. In the review. It actually, I actually do hope that someone uh, takes this as a, an opportunity for a bit and writes to review as the <laughs> screenwriter of Logan. Because I do want mm-hmm. someone to find this podcast, like just the page, completely no context, scroll down to the reviews. Like, why is the writer of Logan so mad? <laughs> uh, Zach, do you have a question for the Smallville gods? Yes. Um, Will it be less than a week before we bring Doctor Strange out of his uh, safe, his vault? Good night, everybody.